Well, recently, um, in light of this series on why church, today's part two. Pastor Johnny did an incredible job last week. Today's part two, why church? I pulled some reviews offline. And uh, so here's some that I picked out because I think it relates to um, what we want to emphasize today. And so Paul, I don't know who Paul is, but Paul says this church has every type of program you can imagine. There's a huge focus on youth. After Sunday service, you might as well linger for a while. Otherwise, getting out of the parking lot can be a nightmare. All right, so, except all of our people act like wonderful Christians and, and are patient and let others out, and, and you do that, right? All right, I'm not out there, so I don't know. I trust you are. Brandy says, if you're looking for a truly uh, multicultural church with tons of activities, classes, resources for your family, you have found it. Yolanda says, this is a huge church. However, I like this, you can definitely connect with others. It's really up to you. After the service today at both exits, you will find tables and brochures of home groups and uh, also classes on, on weekends that you can get involved in. And beyond that, I encourage you to start there. But beyond that, let me encourage you to get involved in ministry around here. There's plenty of opportunities. And so that baby, I have the interpretation. The baby is saying, take me to the nursery. Um, and it's saying, I love those little orange crackers over there. I do too. But uh, look at there, quietness has entered the place. All right. Bless that baby in Jesus' name. All right. And so Yolanda says, however you can definitely connect with others, it's really up to you. And it really is. The worship praise is absolutely beautiful. Uh, Pastor John, incredible job. Uh, it has programs for all ages, diverse congregation, bookstore, Starbucks. They must be under 40. Uh, all right. Uh, I know some of you 80 like it. All right. Stephen says, very welcoming. I love the worship and the message they give. It's all from the Holy Bible. All right. Awesome place to connect, grow, and serve. Christina says, amazing place. It has a large congregation, but you have plenty of opportunities. Listen to these people. But you have plenty of opportunity to connect with others on an intimate level. And it's so true. Uh, you show yourself friendly. You get outside your comfort zone and, and be an extrovert even though you're an introvert. All right, so you reach out. They have great small groups, uh, weekend classes, uh, events, kids ministry, safe, fun, creative. So happy we found faith and call it home. Oh, look at this one. Amazing church. Amazing senior pastor, very good looking. Hmm, oh, wow. Uh, that was from my wife. All right, so anyway, um, a mother goes to her adult son. He's sleeping in late on Sunday morning and says, son, you get up, you, you're late for church. And he says, uh, I don't want to go to church. I don't have any friends there. The music is terrible and the preaching is boring. She said, son, you've got to get up. You're the pastor, so get up. Let's go. <laughs> I am thankful that the music is not 
horrible. It is wonderful. If you can't worship here, I don't know where you can worship, all right? But uh, it's just really, really good. So, praise God. Why church? Why do we do this? Why do we gather here on Sunday morning? Why do we do this thing called church? Now, first of all, I want to tell you, uh, this is His church, all right? Uh, We, as being in Christ, can call it also our church, but there is that understanding that this is truly His church, Jesus Christ, all right? It belongs to Him. So, uh, we understand that, and we go out into the community, and we welcome people or invite people to church. We use that terminology, and we're talking about, a, yes, a building, a geographical location, but much more than that, that's identity purposes. We are talking about coming because we're talking about you. We're not just talking about a building. We're talking about all of you that are here to welcome those that come in so they will uh, be moved upon by the Spirit of God, that the Word of God will convict them, and, and the Holy Spirit will draw them to a place of surrender. I have heard over the years many times, people have walked in the doors of this church or into the youth center or wherever, and immediately felt the presence of God. Because most important of all, we are welcoming them not just to a building and to us, but to the presence of Almighty God. Can you say amen? All right. I love the local church. I love the local church. I believe everybody should be a part of a local church. I want evangelists that come to our church. If I find out they don't have a local church and they don't go anywhere when they have the opportunity, I'll tell you, I really am not interested in what they have to say because they are somebody who's missing out on the core of Christianity and the New Testament. They need a local church to be a part of. You can say, man, it's all right, all right? And uh, thank God most of them do. One called me or texted me a week or so ago, and I said, hey, I'm, uh, leave me alone. I'm, I got to get ready for service. It was Wednesday night. He said, uh, well, I'm two hours behind you, and so uh, it's not time for church yet. I just thought, well, praise God. He's planning on going, even though he's a, a great evangelist. Well, this church has come a long way by the grace of God. Uh, from the days even before I got here, where the former pastor had a missions banquet and no one showed up. Him and the missionary showed up. No one showed up. The church was 60, 70 people at the time, and they didn't have a passion for missions, a lack of understanding, whatever. But the pastor did not let that stop him. He pressed ahead with a missions vision, and by the grace of God, This year, uh, hopefully, we'll even hit the two million mark in missions given around the world uh, and home also. Uh, We just recently uh, received some $36,000 to help the Bahamas recover and help the churches down there. So thank you for all you're doing already to reach the world. Well, it has come a long way today. 
from a small group of people. We have three campuses, really four. We have the online campus, and God bless all of you who are watching today. So literally a, a church family that uh, goes into the thousands of people and uh, thank God for what he has done. I want to thank all of you who have been a part of this church. Some of you have been here 10 years, 20, 30. Some of you have been here 40 plus years. The Mannion family have been here about 46 years, I believe. And so they were in the, or come to the first service but thank you for all you've done. The thousands and thousands and thousands of hours you have volunteered. The thousands upon thousands of dollars you've given to missions. And you've given to of your tithe or God's tithe to this church. And some into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. And some even beyond that. And so it's pretty incredible because Jesus said he would build his church. And Jesus is building his church. And we can say, this is his church and this is his doing. Amen? Well, today, we're going to be talking about getting involved, getting committed. Uh, we don't want you to just date this church. I'll talk about that more next week. But I hope if you've been dating this church for three years, that's too long. All right, so anyway. I want you to know something, and though I'm thanking those that are, um, have been involved, and we're going to emphasize today, especially at the video at the end, about um, wrapping our arms around someone who went through a crisis, and how this church and family blessed them. But some of you maybe are here, and we uh, missed an opportunity to bless you in your time of need. Maybe uh, somebody dropped the ball. Maybe it was me. I, I don't know. Um, hopefully it was somebody. No, I, I don't know who it was. Doesn't matter who it was. But some of you, you went through a hard time and we, we missed it. We uh, didn't minister like we, we should have. And I want you to know that we are sincerely, it's not because of a lack of heart or desire but it means that this church is still imperfect, growing, becoming better. So you need, even then, I had somebody after the first service come and tell me about something two years ago that happened where we missed it. And if people don't tell us, we won't know so that we think we're doing perfect and yet we have a ways to go. We already know that, but ahead of time, forgive us if we missed it, all right? Matthew chapter 16 verse 18 says, and the first mention of the church, and I, Jesus, also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, let me just say, Jesus was not saying to Peter, Peter, on you, I will build my church. No, Peter was still a mess, all right, at this point in his life. He would later deny the, uh, his relationship with Christ with a, with a curse, and so he had a ways to go. He uh, finally got there, but at this point, 
Jesus was not saying that he was the rock he was going to build his church on. No, Jesus is the rock, all right, that this church and every church that believes in him is built on. And he said, I will build my church. So you can get involved or you can stay on the sidelines. But I, for one, am going to be involved. And I challenge you to get involved. Amen? All right. We really do mean it when we say this is his church. Um, I want everyone to know it's his church. This church is not built on personality. It's not built on, you know, we don't glorify the staff here. Uh, we gave them special parking places on Sunday morning across the ring road in the grass. But, but uh, other than that, I mean, we treat every one of the staff well. But this church is built on Jesus. First uh, Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3. They were having the same, or having issue, not the same, but they were having an issue in Corinth. And in Corinth, they, had, they were taking their eyes off of Jesus, and they were putting their eyes on men. And so Paul, being one of those men, addressed this issue. Now look what he said to the church. He says, for you are still carnal. Carnal. That's... Uh, uh, acting like an unbeliever. When you're carnal, you're acting like an unbeliever. It also pictures a, a, a babe in Christ that won't grow up, all right? For there are, where there are envy, strife, divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? And Paul says, for when one says, I am a Paul, and another says, I am Apollos. Are you not carnal? He says, who then? Now think about what Paul is saying here. Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed. Wow. As the Lord gave to each one, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Look what he says now. So then, neither... He who plants is anything, speaking of himself, nor he, Apollos, who waters, but God who gives the increase. Paul said, I am nothing. Don't you claim me. Don't you put me on a pedestal. You take me off if you got me there, and you put Jesus on that pedestal of your life. It's not to be somebody else. I have heard a lot of sad stories about people who went to a church and the pastor failed in some uh, more immoral way. And, and uh, one person, even attending our church now, a wonderful lady that went one place and, and the pastor had a failure. She went somewhere else and the pastor there had a failure. And, uh, and she came here and I believe that God has restored her uh, from all that hurt. Of course, it's going to hurt. Of course, it will, you will grieve, but you grieve a little bit, you pray, you forgive, uh, you realize, there go I, but by the grace of God, you get back on your feet, say, he didn't save me, Jesus saved me, I'm following Jesus, I'm not following a man or a woman. No, 
Don't you get your eyes on a man or a woman. You can honor pastors and staff and leaders. You can honor them, but you're not to put them on a pedestal, all right? So take us off if you've got us there. We, like Paul, we are nothing but instruments in the hand of God to be used by him. Now, God expects us to help him build his church. Recently, I came across a story online, uh, and I, I, I thought, well, we can make that work here. All right, so uh, it's a story of a sheep, and they named the sheep uh, Shrek. Uh, Shrek the sheep, all right? And so here is Shrek the sheep. And um, keep it up there for just a minute, guys, um, because Shrek, even though he's gone on to glory, bless his heart, but uh, Shrek lived in New Zealand where sheep outnumber people, and Shrek um, was a part, let me tell you a story, he was a part of a flock of sheep, and the owner there, um, I don't know what happened to him, but this sheep, Shrek, one day took off, maybe he had his head down grazing, and just kept grazing with his head down. He didn't keep looking up to see where the flock was to follow the shepherd of the flock. He just kept walking. And at the end of the day, he was away from the flock and no one came looking for him. And no doubt he, he kept walking and wandering away. And eventually he came to some caves and no one looked for him. No one missed him. And so a month went by, a year went by, Two years, three years, four, five, and six years. That's what you end up looking like as a sheep after six years, all right? He's carrying 60 pounds of wool. 60. And he probably only weighed about 175 or 200 pounds. 60. He needs to lose some weight, doesn't he? Anyway, and so he's 60 pounds of wool. You could make 20 wool suits out of what he's carrying. So, here he is. Finally, they find Shrek. And they bring him back to the shepherd who makes sure that that 60 pounds is taken off. All that wool is taken off. Now, I, I thought to myself, boy, isn't that a picture of sometimes the sheep of God that the Bible refers to us as sheep? Uh, you may, a sheep that wanders off and doesn't stay with the flock. Wanders off, no one comes looking, no one calls, and they just stay gone. They don't come back. They may even said, they don't care, nobody even called me. And that certainly, every time I hear that, that's grievous to me, and I know any of us, but the truth of the matter is this, as hard as it might be for me to say this, the truth of the matter is, they were not connected. They didn't have close relationships like God wants us to have in the local body. And they wandered off. And so there was no one to call. I wish they had picked up the phone and called and said, hey, I'm going through a hard time. I don't feel like anybody cares. And then it would have given us the opportunity to reach out and minister. Pray for us because that's our heart. Well, this may be what you look like in six years if you wander off, all right, as a sheep. And, and uh, so stay in the local church, amen? 
All right, don't be a Shrek. All right, don't be one. Well, let me um, tell you, let me back up a minute. Let me put some things on the screen before I uh, pass them by. But drift leads to distance. Distance leads to disconnection. The point of weekly worship is not attendance, it's participation in the body of Christ. It is ministering to others, encouraging one another, uh, praying for one another, and all that goes with it. God created us to be in a relationship with Him and each other. He made us on purpose with a purpose, and we live that out best together. Thank God for the local church. Well, let's make sure we keep our eyes on Jesus, and let's be together as one in the family. Years ago, a young couple came to me. They had just recently gotten married, and they told me. Our church at the time was about 250 people on Goldenrod, and uh, they came and they said, hey, we just want you to know we're still coming here some, but we're going over uh, to another church, some too. Now, this other church was about 2,000 plus people. It had a lot of things to offer. It was exciting, um, you know, and so much going on there. And so I could have said, hey, don't go there. We need you here. Please stay here. Don't go. But I felt checked. And this is what I told them. And this is still what I would tell someone today. I said, listen, you need to find out what God wants you to do. If you go over there and that's what you believe God wants you to do, then go and get involved and be a part of it and, uh, and stay there and help that church be what God wants it to be. But if you feel like God is calling you here, then you need to come here, get involved, uh, because the truth is, neither one of us, you're not going to be able to be used in either place if you're here some, there some. No, let God help you make up a decision. That was 40 years ago. And they made the choice to stay here. And so for 40 years... This couple have ministered, volunteered. Uh, they've given to missions for 40 years. They have tithed, or they better have, tithed for 40 years. I'm sure they have. Uh, for 40 years, they have given. Think about it. And I got a text from them this week. Uh, here it is. Greetings from Cancun. I have no idea what they're doing down there, but uh, they're in Cancun having a blast. Love you, Pastor. Thankful Thursday. Well, thank God for people like this that are saying, I'm here. I'm going to stay here 40 years. Uh, listen, we need people to take us into the next 40 years. Some of you, God's speaking to. It's time to quit dating the local church and make a commitment and be what God wants you to be in this place. Well, let me go to Acts chapter 2, verse 43. But before I do, I'm going to give you a statement by Christine Kane. And it is this. All right, almost forgot. It's too good to pass up. Christine Kane, many of you know her. God has really raised her up on an international level. Uh, she said that too often. 
those who criticize the local church don't do anything, are not involved in ministry, and don't give anything to the church. Typically, too often, now listen, I didn't say this, Christine Kane said this, all right, I'm just telling you what she said. Uh, too often they criticize, they don't get involved, they, they don't give anything, so they add nothing, they invest nothing. There is only one reason that recently, uh, even at Awaken, we saw what God did in people's lives and hearts. There's only one reason we're sitting in this building. It is because years ago, people said it's a small church. Uh, it, they, it's two uh, of one color, but I'm going to go there, and I'm going to make a difference, uh, and I'm going to help move it forward. Uh, a man, a man, uh, a man of color came to me some years ago, and he said, Pastor, when I first came in here, I looked in, when we were in Hogan Hall, I looked in, I'm like, I'm not going to stay here, there's hardly any color in this church, and he said, God spoke to his heart. When I heard this, I was overwhelmed with gratitude to God, and he said, God spoke to my heart, said, no, you go there and you be some color, and I thought, man, if it weren't for somebody like you coming in here and saying, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to help this church be what God wants it to be. It wouldn't be what it is today. Thank God for that. Well, now, verse 43, chapter 2 of Acts. Now, listen, this service goes to 1235, all right? I'm just reminding you, all right? So, you know, I, I make, I'm personally, I don't leave uh, services or whatever until they're over, right? But that's my recommendation. Acts chapter 2, verse 43. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Fear. This fear that came upon every soul in verse 43 was a result of what Pastor Johnny spoke on last week, was a result of them seeking after the apostles' doctrine, walking in the Word. They were in fellowship with one another, and they were, uh, thank God, walking in genuine fellowship and praying constantly. And so then the fear of the Lord spread. Not a cowering fear, of course not, but a reverential fear. Fear, not a fear of his power and righteous retribution. No, it was a reverence of God, a holy reverence. They knew that they were in the midst of a miracle in the making. The early church, thousands saved on the first day the church was birthed, the very first day. In, in Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 4, the Bible says 5,000 more were added to the church. Don't ever say, this church is too large. We're still not to where they were after a few weeks, all right? So God help us to get there one day. God adds to the church. He does not subtract from the church. That's why we want you to get in fellowship. Be in fellowship, be in a class, be in a home group, uh, get in a ministry, and be involved. Amen? So, church, you are a part of a miracle too. Here these 2,000 years later from Acts chapter 2, you and I are still a part of a miracle. Jesus is still building his church. I want you to be a part of it. I want you to do your part and help us move this church forward. 
thousands upon thousands and thousands of thousands have gotten born again in this church. And I don't know how many baptized in the Holy Spirit like on the day of Pentecost, uh, baptized in water, children growing up to serve God. Thank God for what he's doing in the local church. Say amen. Thank God for everyone, every local church in this city. Well, Acts chapter 2, verse 44, it says, Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. Verse 44 and verse 45, where they sold all things and brought it to share, uh, has always, or it used to, really not now, but it used to really bother me because I'm like, God, are, are we missing it? Uh, should we, God, should we be living like this to where everything, we share everything and, and uh, if somebody can't work or, or won't work, we, do, we just do it anyway. God, is this a pattern for the New Testament church? And that was specific, no question about it. And it have, may have happened many times in history past, but the church in its genesis was there. There was, there was already persecution from the very beginning. There was economic uh, loss in that city. Uh, being a believer, it was a hard, difficult time, yet a glorious, happy time for what God was doing there because when the fear of the Lord settled on his people, signs and wonders began to take place. So help us, God, to get into the Word and stay in the Word pray and uh, with all of our heart and get connected and see the reverential presence and awe of God fill this place and swoop over us from head to toe and front to back. Amen? Now, this caused a great gratitude when people started selling stuff and sharing it. There were a lot of poor people in that first church. There were people that were strangers in that first church that did not even live in Jerusalem. They were there for the day of Pentecost and got swept up into the presence of God, born again, and stayed there. So they weren't even from there. So there was that assistance going on. Well, let me move then to, uh, to what Paul says in the epistles because this is where we are today. No, we're not going to live in some kind of commune. We're certainly not going to try to do it here at this church, all right? That would be about 200 people per bathroom. So that just won't work, all right? And uh, that's not what God has in mind. But in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, the Bible says, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Here is the principles in the New Testament that Paul lays out for us regarding work. And then look what he says. Oh, this is, this is pretty incredible when you really realize what is going on in the life of Paul. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 8. Nor did we, speaking of Paul and his companions, nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge. But we worked... Look at this. But we worked with labor and toil night and day. Paul was a tent maker. He worked night and day, and he preached every time he had an opportunity. But he was working night and day. Boy, if he had just known about GoFundMe, I mean, it would have cut it way back, all right? Now, look. I 
have no problem with GoFundMe. I have given to GoFundMe, but uh, there are certain times, you know, if you're running a little low this month because you spent too much, I don't recommend opening a GoFundMe, all right? So anyway, genuine need, great, wonderful, contribute, but uh, so Paul was saying, I am laboring, and this is a pattern for us. And then he says in verse 10, he says, for even when we were with you, we commanded you, this is not a suggestion, we commanded you, if anyone will not work, neither shall he, what? Eat. Paul, the apostle, is saying this. So today, if you come to me and say, Pastor, I'm struggling, and I say, well, are you working? No, I'm just waiting on God. No, he's waiting on you. You get up, and you go find you a job, all right? That's what you do. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. You go find a job. Years ago, a man, uh, he was, uh, had a family and kids, and he, he was used to making a certain rate, and someone offered him much less, and he didn't take it. And I said, why wouldn't you take it? And he says, well, I can't afford to make that much less. And I'm like, okay, uh, get this picture. You can't afford to make this, so you won't, you'll make this then, all right? So that makes a lot of sense. Why don't you make this until you make this again, all right? So God help us. Paul said, ah, you need to work day and night, preach the gospel when you can, and the doors are open, and you go through them. Well, praise God forever. Now, we got a lot of home groups, and the brochures are out there. We got a lot of classes, a lot of opportunity. Uh, but these are for a purpose for your growth and for relationship. For your growth and for your relationship of connecting and with God and one another. Because when you see this video, this is what I want to happen spontaneously throughout this church. I think. All of us really want that. But you have to be a part to make it happen. You have to get connected. It's impossible for the staff to do it all. And they didn't do it all in that New Testament church, all right, the apostles. So help us to minister to those that are in need. And so God bless you. Let's watch the video. Dear Faith Assembly, dear church, church has Faith been has been, been there for me. When dear I, church, I say the church has been there for and me. In the last couple of years, I lost. We're Johnny and Connie Matthews, and uh, we've been attending Faith Assembly for uh, well over 20 years, about 24, I think. In the past couple of years, our daughter has gone through some major illnesses and hospitalizations. And I got the call, and I, they said Jessica's had several grand mal seizures, and I'm going, Jessica doesn't have grand mal seizures. And they said, no, it's serious. You have to come, and you have to come now. So we met her at the hospital, and that's when we found out that she had a brainstem glioma, which is a cancer that's very rare. All the way through chemo, radiation, thought everything was gonna be fine. Um, she was working. Then she began to have more and more issues. And we spent about five months in the hospital with her, and uh, that's when she had uh, major organ failures. There were three major organs involved, and we were told by numerous doctors and nurses, most of the staff, that she would never make it out of ICU. But she did. And that time, the family of faith 
uh, just showed up. And without that, it would have been a miserable experience. If we had listened to what the world and what our physicians and our caretakers had said, we would have kissed Jessie and loved on her and met her on the other side. But because of the faith that we have in Jesus Christ and a family that gathered around us, and when our arms began to fall, this community in this church rallied us and carried us. There were so many members of the family of faith here at the church that just showed up unannounced, <laughs> uninvited, <laughs> bring food and prayer and fellowship. And that's what we needed. God knew that. We found nurses, aides, oh. and, uh, and nurse management team that were all members of faith. And that was, that was the family blessing to find people that worship with you. She's now a walking miracle, so are we. In times when you think you're just gonna fail, in times when you think that the burden's so heavy that you're gonna crush under the burden and your family, your community, your brothers and sisters, your pastors, you turn around and there they are. And they embrace you, they pray for you, they support you, and they love you. They laugh with you and they cry with you. And for that, I can never, ever say thank you enough. Praise God, amen. Thank God. Well, I trust you never go through a difficult time, but if you do, I hope that will be your testimony. And if for some reason it is not, you make sure that you let us know because we want to do it better. Bow your heads with us, please, everyone all over the building. Please, if you would, so be so kind as to not slip out right now and just remain seated, if you would, please. Thank you so much. Tonight, or today, the Spirit of God is here. And just like in the early church, Christ added to the church. That's exactly what He's still doing today. He's still adding to the church. Last night in the Saturday night service, He added to the church. This morning in the first service, he added to the church. And right now, he has sent his Holy Spirit to tug at your heart and to cause you to be aware of your need of Christ. And so I challenge you today, say yes to his love, his forgiveness. Say yes. Last night, a mother walked up to me her son has struggled with some addictions for some 10 years. And he's now in a, in a Christian place. And she showed me his picture. She said, I want you to see it. And when I saw that picture, I was stunned. It was like I almost didn't recognize the face of the young man I was looking at. Because it wasn't the same young man. His face was radiant. It was like his whole face had changed like he got a facelift and brightness to go with it. 
And I could tell he's totally committed to Christ. This morning, that's what Christ wants to do in your life. He wants to give you a radiance, a joy inside in spite of what you may be facing. That is what he wants to do. But most important of all, he wants to take you with him to heaven. So across the building, you're here. You need forgiveness. You need to get right with God. Slip your hand up high. Let me see it. I'm going to pray for you. Slip it up now. Yes. Yes. Others, quickly. Just lift it up. Lift it up. God bless you. Others, in the risers. Up in the risers. You need Christ. Slip your hand up. God's speaking to your heart. Today is the day of salvation. So lift your hand. Join these. Join these. God's dealing with you right now, isn't he? God bless you. Others, quickly, just lift your hand high. Yes, over on the left. Yes, back over here. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Anyone else? Right before we pray. Anyone else? Quickly, right before we pray. That's you. Yes, God bless you, sir. Jesus. 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 Spirit of God, thank you hugging on hearts, revealing, convicting, and I ask you to draw them across that place of total surrender. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Stand with us, please, everyone.